Welcome back to the Quiet On Set Podcast. I'm Ian Graf and I'm joined by Lakontili. On episode 171, uh, Beep Bop, uh, another episode where we talk about movies, uh, yep. boop beep, I guess, yes? Beep Bop, yeah, it just keeps on turning. Lachlan, I, I'm fucking sick. I'm, I'm so incredibly sick and turns out, oh, we'll talk about that in a second, I was for a while, uh, but hey, we still watched the movies because like we said last week when it was your birthday, when we did the show, the show must go on, and we're not gonna stop just for me having a mild, like, stomach infection. Who gives a shit? From the hospital? We are starting yes, the recording we'll record from there. two hours late, but I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. the show must go on. Anyways, we watched uh, Mean Girls, uh, True Detective, the fifth season of Fargo, uh, and uh, Charlie Kaufman's um, Netflix animated film, Orient and the Dark. And Ewan. Yes. You, we're here, you, mm-hmm. me, all of us, uh, you know, we're strangers, uh, look at us, okay. you know, strangers, you could say that uh, all of us uh, here, hey, this week, uh, you, mm-hmm. me, like the audience now, like um, them, yeah. us, Strangerland, you, we're strangers, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. all of us strangers, yeah. uh, let's, all of us strangers. let's talk about all of our strangers. I'm down. So let's keep the, the intro and get into the, the movie. Well, we can also talk about strangers. We can just like do them like the the a guy a guy with a mic on the street. You know those types yep. of interviews. I was like all of us strangers. Just walk up to people. Let's, let's talk about it. But yeah, let's queue up the intro and get into the show. We are professionals. Like, this, is, this is a professional podcast. Yeah. Breaking that and better for song. Hello there. <laughs> Which actually did you this get is gonna me a hat a as bit, well? Um. Yes. So I've got Doomcam. <laughs> It's just a camera <laughs> with my Dune steelbook. All right, Lachlan, um, we're back. We almost weren't. Uh, I'm glad yeah. I was able to to have my uh, kind of sickness or the sick days that I've had uh, in between episodes. I kind of scheduled it in, you know, when uh, you put that into your Google calendar and fingers crossed you end up not missing an episode. But yeah, been a rough week for me. Hopefully, I'm, I'm still not 100% there. I'm definitely more faking than than making it right now but uh if i profusely start to sweat and uh pass out that then you know something might be up but uh, until then we'll we'll keep on rolling and we'll keep on talking about movies uh but luckily how's how's your week been uh you had a busy week as well yeah busy week different type of week uh a lot of reorganizing moving around my area that i'm in right now is just it's so messy and that makes mm. my brain messy so i haven't been yeah. like super organized or on time or anything and that's the like that's the worst part and then watching all of us strangers as well was just like <laughs> devastating as i just oh, wasn't yeah. expecting it to be as 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 sad as it was so mm. uh yeah i guess yeah there's so much to talk about this week so much to talk about uh, without further ado let's talk about the news that dropped this week and let's kick it off with uh, the trailers that we got to see. And first up, uh, I'm hearing of this little uh, horror project called Longlex that is supposedly starring Nicolas Cage. Now in the trailer, we're not seeing him so far, but uh, from the vibes, we'll have, by the way, all of those trailers linked below. Uh, from the vibes, Lachlan, what are you getting of it? Something that you're interested in uh, or solely because Nick Cage is attached, you might be able to check it out or you might want to check it out. The So I was not aware Nicolas Cage was in this film until yep. you just brought it up earlier uh, before before we recorded the show. 
I yeah. I saw the trailer uh, a few days ago, whenever it came out, and I was mm-hmm. very very interested. Uh, and then and then I read the IMDb uh, summary, plot summary, mm-hmm. or the synopsis, I should say. say. Do you want to hear what it says? Do you want to hear what yes, it says, please. mate? Yes, please. <clears throat> FBI agent Lee. Parker is assigned to an unsolved serial killer case that takes unexpected turns, revealing evidence of the occult. Parker discovers a personal connection to the killer and must stop him before he strikes again. That has got me True locked detective in. vibes? Yeah. True yeah. detective vibes, uh, yeah. occult vibes. Uh, I am, especially because I've just restarted playing Alan Wake 2 again. Uh, I am mm. so in on this genre yeah. of story right now. Like, sign me up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's some good stuff that you can tell with these atmospherically focused stories that aren't solely like uh, focused on the crime aspects, but more on like y- you can get weird with it. You know that that's what's interesting. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of sick of like the true crime stuff. I, I don't typically. Yeah, I don't like it <laughs> at all. But uh, if it veers into like the horror sphere, or it goes more into like the characters, and it can it can get like uh, very interesting quite fast. But uh, but yeah, I'm keen for this one. Uh, I don't know if it has a release date, but internationally, I mean, it's IMDb July twelfth. July twelfth, yeah. But that's Neon, and I know Neon is another one that only does stage stateswide distribution. So with horror films, we are likely to maybe not even get this until it's out on VOD at least for the two of us maybe with Australia it's a bit different but I don't think this is making it like horror films unless they're like big and they're Blumhouse or Universal or Warner Brothers uh, they don't really make it into Swiss theaters uh, on like um, sometimes they even do the press screenings in dubs uh, just because they're so like popular maybe for casual crowds but not not the ones that would want to see it in the original version so um yeah we'll see when when we get to see this but uh, i'm i'm glad because nick cage i think a couple of of months ago there was a quote where he said he only has a couple of movies left in him right this was definitely not one of them uh, i hope he chooses his, his projects uh and hopefully he's just like unreliable you know <laughs> and he just keeps going because he has a lot to offer uh, by the way here in in switzerland in in zurich at the moment for the entirety of february uh in a theater that i really like run by uh one of my previous professors from from uni when i studied film um he, he's a programmer and he programmed a whole entire month dedicated to nick cage in this little theater called cinema xenix they're one of the only two in town that um cinemas in town that still have like a a film projector uh, projector so they have like old film rolls i got to see magnolia on film that way so shout outs to that theater they always are doing great stuff and this month they're dedicating it to nick cage back to black uh are you are you an amy winehouse fan um if you, if you listen to to a music or uh, i have listened to a music uh but they um they tried me make I, I was gonna make a they tried to make me go to rehab joke for listening to it but i i'm not gonna go there i've decided i'm not i'm not i mean i'm not on it today i've got i it's because i haven't had a coffee oh you haven't had a coffee yeah i haven't had a coffee today uh, i think that's what it is my mistake but it's seven it o'clock at night and i feel like i shouldn't go make myself a coffee right now i feel like that'd be a terrible yeah, no, idea that is a terrible idea I, I 
<laughs> was it back to black and you were like, oh, black coffee, that would be interesting. Yeah. I'm thinking. <laughs> or was it the rehab thing? You're addicted coffee. to caffeine. <laughs> well, um, I mean, there's usually this section in what we've been watching uh, where I ramble, but uh, then it might be too late into the episode. But uh, back to black, uh, Amy Winehouse, uh, biopic uh, movie. I think this one. It, we've had some good ones. I think Priscilla was one of the the biopics that we got recently that did it uh did it well. There's just exceptions to the rule, but especially with music biopics, uh like the Elvis, not the Priscilla of 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 them uh of them all. Uh, they just lack any sort of awareness of having its own identity. Did they lack heart? They just seem to be all kind of the same thing. And especially how this trailer is cut to like one performance of, of rehab. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm not excited for this one. But uh, hey, I'm, I'm watching most big films of the year. So I'll be watching this. If I had any say in that, I would probably skip this one. But yeah, it's out on May 17th. And then I have never seen Megamind uh, yet. Lachlan, is this a is this a cultural like uh fapo? Is this is this something that I definitely have to catch up on? Um For the like memes, a, yeah. Yeah, just so you have memes. a like a like the so you can see where they originated from. That that's the most important part is that you know I mean, where the memes originated from. I, sure. I, I mean I feel like I, I get like I, I get all of that without having seen the film though, because he he's Got a big head and a big brain, and that's that's the thing. Apparently, the over on Peacock, uh, they're making a bunch of streaming exclusive, uh, I guess, a movie and a show. Uh, and this was the trailer for it. Uh, this will be out on March first. Uh, like when we talked about this just before we started recording, it, it looks trash. <laughs> it looks really bad, yep. right? <laughs> it's terrible. Uh, uh, animation yeah. looks like it's a straight to DVD animated movie which this is a straight to peacock animated movie yeah i i i, I was excited when i heard about it I, I read the article this morning but i didn't actually watch the trailer and i watched the trailer just before again starting the episode and i was just like this is some of the worst animation i've seen in a while and i mean it's not even it, it feels like desperate to cling on to the s- subscriber model when Back in the day when you had like Lion King 1.5 or like they had they had like these straight to DVD sequels, but the DVD sales were also like way up. So you would actually generate revenue from it. And I feel like with animation, even if it looks shit, it's still like animation is is, is a costly thing to do. Um, so if you have no other revenue share than the diluted thing of getting people to sign up to your subscription service. I mean, just look at Disney. I don't think it's. I don't think it, like that business model is holding up. Mm-hmm. But uh, um, and and I don't. I don't know many people who who have Peacock. Well, then, uh, Lachlan, uh, on the the games front, this also kind of tied to movies because it's Kojima. Uh, we got the first really short trailer and short look at Death Stranding Two, uh, at the PlayStation Showcase. I think what I it's called. I guess time is relative. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, they spend, I think, like, the whole thing was, like, 40 minutes long or 45 minutes long. Uh, like, the showcase for PlayStation. And about a fourth of it was just uh, Kojima and Death Stranding 2. Uh, like, when you've played the first one, um, I feel like the game is, for a lot of people, either they, they, they vibe with it, they like it, or they'd absolutely hate it. Um, 
I think you are in the camp of, of liking it quite a bit. So uh, are you excited for, for the sequel? Yeah, man. Uh, I, I love... I love Death Stranding from a from a gameplay standpoint. I'm a I'm a big sort of role player in games. Uh, I don't know if I've mm. discussed this on the podcast. I feel like I probably have, but movies, TV shows, they're my when I watch them, I I, I analyze them because that's my brain. But if I want to switch off, I I kind of play video games. However, more and more recently, games are becoming more cinematic. They're becoming pretty much the same quality and standard as a TV show or movie and I deep dive in analyzing that kind of stuff and I do think that movies and TV shows have kind of really found an awesome format but games are still figuring out how they want to storytell and mm. Kojima has always been a, a great storyteller and has always been an auteur and always had those games where you go that's a Kojima game and, th and there's plenty of auteurs in in that space um yeah i can't think of their name ken ken uh something the creator of bioshock also has a game that's coming out judas uh was yeah. also announced in the state of play and mm. the bioshock games from one to the expansions of one or two to infinite they all even though infinite doesn't hold up as well as the other two but uh bioshock holds up super well from a storytelling standpoint mm. and gameplay wise is is a lot of fun a lot of games have now copied that with things like uh, Atomic Heart was very Bioshocky in in the way that it played, and the games are still trying to figure that. But but with Kojima, his his storytelling is also so referential to so many other things, and he's a lover of cinema as well. I mean, it opens yeah. up with um, what's her name, Leah uh, Sado. Uh, Leah Sado, yeah, yeah. Sado, and George Miller of the yeah. mad max movies and that's yeah. that's wicked the first thing i was like i was like oh she's back and i was like is that is that george miller and i was like that's no and i paused the trailer i like went over to google i was like george miller i was like that's george miller and i put up a photo i was like that's gotta be george miller and he did the same thing with the first game with um guillermo del toro he did it with a lot of other filmmakers um and put their physical bodies uh they scanned them put them into the game and, and had them as characters and and that was so much fun as someone who loves that space uh being like oh you're this person you're this person so Ko mm -hmm. kojima's death stranding 2 just looks to be a massive not like a reinvention of the of the space but an a, additional elements added like it looks stunning the world looks mm -hmm. bigger probably a bigger open world, more narrative elements. Uh, it looks like Death Stranding might have just been... Because that was his first independent game where he played it, uh, made it himself without anything from Konami, which Konami also mm. came out with their like Silent Hill 2 remake trailer, which yeah. it looks great, but doesn't look like it's got any of the the Silent Hill 2-ness that it should have. Um, yeah. I mean, the, and, the and, yeah, there's, there's a little stuff, stuff the remakes... Out the the resident evil remakes i feel like looked also amazing i feel like with silent hill there was still something to it where it did feel kind of kind of dated at times i assume that was atmospherically maybe a, a choice but uh well i mean, I, yeah. I think that with silent hill the technology the the what restricted it made it scarier and i think that yeah. the resident evil games um well, actually. Resident 1 and 2 were pretty good. The remakes 1 and 2 were pretty good. The Resident yeah. 3 
remake was a bit iffy. Four was so much fun, um, and obviously the newer games of of, of Biohazard and 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 the rest have all been have been pretty great as well. But they've definitely been less of the scary side of the games and have been more about the the action the the gameplay and i think Mm -hmm. that they've tried to do a very similar thing here with silent hill but unfortunately silent hill is definitely more about the horror than the action and Mm -hmm. i think that part of it is not going to be coming down to because i think that graphics play a important part when it comes to games um and i think modernizing it would be great but i feel like you lose some charm and my favorite example of this is um, Shadow of the Colossus because I, I, I actually had a couple of games that I booted up this week, uh, and Shadow of the Colossus was one of them. I've I've been itching to replay it. It's one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, but playing the remaster, you see more of the landscape and you have less mystery around the world because you can't you see mm-hmm. you can see more where with. Mm-hmm. The original, you couldn't see as much. So there's more mystery behind yeah. it. It's the same with Silent Hill 2. I'm sure I'm going to be able to see more and I'm going to be less restricted with what I can see. So, yeah, but um, I went I mean, on a tangent it, there because I, I it's, love, it's I, I'm, right. I'm falling I mean, in love with video games. The, the next couple of months, uh, from what I hear, I, I don't know specifically what it is because I didn't look into it, is uh, pretty stacked with uh, releases. I think up until May... Yeah, there's there's a ton of ton of uh, stuff. If I I'm gonna pull it up out. really quickly. There's a there's a list. I've, I've heard that it's like a fa- Final Fantasy thing or Persona thing. I don't know. So <laughs> yeah. This is some wow. kind of remake that they're making. That they're all like two really good big JRPGs. I've never I probably yeah. will never play any of them. But that's I think just in one week. Uh, those are coming out. Uh, I mean February we we had that Suicide Squad game that I'm not even gonna bother playing because. Oh, that's for me. As soon as I heard it was Suicide um, Squad. uh, what what whatever that game style is where it's like online all the time. Uh, I can't, I can't remember what it's called. It's it's the way that it's on the game. I'm just not into that kind of game. Yeah. But February. This is a Titanic game? Oh, it's on the Quest. It's a VR game. That makes sense. Uh, Tomb Raider, 1 to 3, <laughs> Remaster, Mario vs. Donkey Kong, Skull and Bones is finally coming out after like 30,000 years of development. Uh, we've got a Warhammer game. We've got a Terminator game. Pacific Drive uh, is a game that I saw a trailer for recently that I'm, I'm super intrigued with. There is a Final Fantasy VII Rebirth coming out. That's like the other part of the game. Uh, I, did you play Final Fantasy VII Remake? Or did, sorry, hang on. I, wait, wait, wait. Before you answer that, before you answer that, did you buy it? No, I haven't bought it. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I, I started uh, using a service, um, you know, imagine Letterboxd, but for games. I started using that this week, and I backlogged. Uh, it, it's called Backlogged. Uh, back, back, lo- Back I'm about to download is it. what it's called. Uh, you can't download it, unfortunately, because it's only a, a web version, and it's definitely like really in its infant stages. I don't think it's a really super usable platform yet. Uh, hopefully, they improve that. But um, I backlogged all my uh, stuff that I own on Steam, and it was hundreds of games. Jesus. <laughs> and, uh, and and you can also like uh, have favorites. They they have five favorites instead of four. Uh, and mm. like it's cool to use. Um, and I definitely, like you said, gaming is is more and more blending into 
being narratively as intriguing as like some TV shows, more than movies, I'd say, because it's like over a longer period of time that you spend time with with yeah. the stories and the characters in there. But um, there, there's there's a ton of always fun stuff that uh, I've I've held back on getting stuff that I know I'm never gonna end up playing. But I, but I would love to. Uh, but Final Fantasy is one that I stay clear of because it's one of those games where you spend like 70 hours in the world and I, I don't think I'll ever find the time to do that. Hellblade 2, hell yeah. Oh, there's so many good games. Or, or yeah, big yeah, games that nice. I've been keeping an eye on. That, that um, game. Black Myth uh, games coming out that I've been keeping an eye on. Stalker 2 is coming out. The other thing, I don't think we talked about this, but they released Death Stranding on, on an iPhone. They they did what? I, I yeah, I'm not even this. joking. Just you. Check this out. Yeah, literally, Death Stranding. So you can play it on your on your Apple ProRes. Uh, Apple you can Vision play ProRes, it uh... on an iPhone, which is okay. wild to me. That game came out like like four years ago or whatever. But like, you can you can I mean you can also play it on a Mac, which is also insane. But like, you can play it on an iPhone. Okay, that's interesting. Which is wild. Yes. Well, speaking of of Apple and iPhone, um, yeah, the the Apple Vision Pro came out uh this week, and we've I've seen some interesting reviews, interesting uh videos about it. Uh, but it seems to be a product in its um beginning stages, uh, and will be more interesting once like what what to me is really intriguing is that they launch with a pro version of of a of a a new product which they, they haven't done before, right? It wasn't the iPhone Pro uh, when, they, mm. when they came out with the first one. Um, so clearly this isn't, this is signaling in a way that this is not the consumer level thing that they aim to to become at one point, or just maybe the Apple Vision. It's it's odd, it's odd, this future stuff uh, as, it's, as it's coming closer. Um, but I'd buy it. Apple being a bit of a hot seat right now with some other tech companies, um, maybe it will have a bit like obviously the tech is there and we're going into that direction i i think because it holds a lot of potential but it might take longer because there's a there's a tech lockout in a way like on at the moment you can't uh get like youtube or netflix or tiktok or any of these other usages that that you'd have for it you you can't have them at the moment on the thing because they they are blocking production uh, for it for apple products because they they are like mm, legally fighting with each other at the moment but we don't need to get into that, I find that well, really funny. like then we go from movies to games to a tech podcast <laughs> but would you would you buy the v would you buy the headset um you mean with my own money and i'd spent money well, no, no, let, no let's just forget about like the fact that like like it's so expensive do you would from what you've seen would you yeah. find it would would you think that it would be useful? Not as much as for other people, because I'm I'm a Samsung user, so I think uh, it, it's definitely better if you have the infrastructure for Mac, and that's like what they are continuing to build with this as well. And from I've, what I've seen from the use cases, it's actually kind of neat when you're already in in that uh, in that universe all of that lo locked in but I don't, I don't know how useful it would be for me but just as the use case of hey i can throw something on and then while you're traveling you can watch something 
potentially it's interesting but like the speakers are also like outward facing so people can hear what you are hearing there's a lot of stuff that that isn't there for it yet i don't think i would be using it much if i had it right now so to answer your question probably no uh, at the moment okay would you be using it there's a few things that i personally don't like uh like the fact that it's cool that you can um like use it with your macbook like and use a digital yeah. and have it as a digital That's display a right thing. but yeah yeah i, I would that. prefer and and the whole reason i am super interested in this type of technology is that i don't want like i love my tv i i, I fucking love my tv i love these two monitors that i have right mm. on my on my setup yeah but when i'm not using them they're just there right mm. i don't want them to be there I love these two studio monitor speakers that I've got, right? But when mm. I'm not using them, they're just there. And I could get a really cool experience from this little AirPod that I've got in my ear. And mm -hmm. the fact that those these technologies are getting smaller and smaller and they're getting more and more useful and they're more and more portable, if I could just have, like, my laptop, I plug it in somehow and I get two monitors just anywhere I want, that is the best thing. If I could have that tv like i'm sure that it's technically not as good on the vision pro as it would be as my tv right but if i could have that and i could just have an 85 inch in a space that does not fit an 85 inch tv and then i could mm -hmm. use my surround sound system sure or again yeah. put in a pair of headphones or apple's big old or whatever i want right that is the mm -hmm. only part that interests me the fact that i could now free up so much space and have a desk that is a desk and not a a clamp like a big piece of wood that holds my two monitors my two speakers my computer a keyboard like a, a mouse like it, like it holds a lot of stuff that mm. would literally just be shrunken down into something that I just put on my face ultimately i i watched uh, casey neistat's video where he just walked around with the thing all day uh in new york mm. city and that was really interesting to see how he ended up at a point where he wasn't no like he didn't notice that he still had it on um and in later iterations if it comes down to maybe a smaller form factor uh it, it, that could be like really intriguing cuz at the moment it's like over half a uh kil like it's pretty pretty heavy um and front loaded mm. uh so yeah that, i i feel like we're going into that direction technology wise where Everything is shrunken down, but maybe also in a way that it's digitalized, that it's not even there in front of you uh, anymore. And, and that it's intriguing because uh, it makes it accessible. But it also means, Lachlan, more screen time. Like, imagine not having a screen in front of you at all times. Like, imagine that. Now you can have on glasses and never take them off. This is I'm incredible. Sure this um, only help humanity. This is, yes. This is perfect. Yeah. Hang on. If I, this is exactly what it's like, right? Let me just open my camera up. <laughs> Oh, yeah. okay, cool. Yeah, this is almost what it's like. <laughs> and then on the other side, we do get two googly eyes of your of your eyes, you know, because it's projected <laughs> outwards. Wait, hang on, hang on. What if I just do this? Uh, it's 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 on. Uh, I you got it. Oh. <laughs> it's that's like I, somehow it looks. Like, I guess it's a the the wide angle camera that gives a different form factor to it. Uh, anyways, we are talking too much tech. Uh, we we do have some other news. Um, firstly, the the sad news that. Uh, Carl Weathers, the iconic star from uh, the Rocky films, uh, you know, Apollo Creed, uh, 
and star of, of Predator, Happy Gilmore. He was most recently, people might know him from The Mandalorian, but he's also done a lot of uh, um, voice, voice work. No, not voice work. What's it called? <laughs> I'm still sick. I'm still sick. Um, he's the, what is it called? I, I guess ADR. Stuff. I have no what idea what you're animated. Oh. animated animated he's voice doing... work is exactly what voice... i would say voice acting voice acting that's what i meant to say uh he's done a lot of a lot of that as well he, he's been a recurring uh character on a lot of like shows just a a really active person in the uh entertainment business business and it's uh sad that he's he's passed away but uh, a long uh, and great career to look to look back on then there's some casting and recasting news first up on the marvel side uh thunderbolts uh well, not not for carl wetters i wasn't that would that jesus christ that would have been such a dark transition uh ao uh Adberry, uh and steven ewan uh exit the Thunderbolt movie and Geraldine Wiswanathan and Lewis Pullman uh, both enter uh, so yeah for that it's interesting because it's clearly uh, two names that are kind of hot right now you know Steven Yeun and Ao uh, did yeah she just won an Emmy uh, they both just won an Emmy <laughs> I just realized um, and they're great. Everyone loves them. And these other two, you've seen them in stuff, or uh, maybe adjacent to stuff, uh, but not in these like bigger roles. And the role that uh, Yoon would have played uh, as Sentry apparently is like a, a, a bigger character, uh, a Superman like character in the Marvel Universe. So it could have ultimately been kind of promising to, to see maybe a, a character like that played by him but to me i'm like hell yeah <laughs> get the hell out of dodge even if thunderbolts turns out to be good fuck that <laughs> do something else do something that where we get to, where they're not locked up to the same character for the next 10 years so ultimately this this is this is good news to me and then uh millie alcock is uh cast as supergirl in the uh, i guess in her own movie i think that's coming down the line which i saw matthew Wan, uh the director of uh, this week's argyle which by the way i guess i didn't put that into what i've watched but i can talk about it now i couldn't talk about it last week but uh now the embargo is up um but <laughs> yeah uh, he directed that movie apparently uh he wants to direct a supergirl film i saw after seeing argyle i hope that's not the case um, cause I, Jesus Christ, man, our guy was horrible, but, but she's cast. She was in, um, uh, house of the dragon. She was the younger, uh, Targaryen, um, character. Oh, fuck. Uh, I'm, I'm blanking on her name, but she was just, uh, the younger character that's, that's has an H jump a couple episodes in, uh, and she was, she was great in it. Um, and I think it's a great choice for Supergirl, but. Yeah, that's casting, recasting news. Lachlan, do you have any, do you have any, any thoughts on this? Anything that's good, bad, somewhere in between? <laughs> Just another Australian making their way in Hollywood. That's it. That's what I was looking for. Yeah, man. Uh, that's, it's great stuff. Good stuff. I mean, uh, all the luck to her. I think being on the James Gunn's universe is currently definitely better than uh, being in the MCU. So props to her. But that's it for the news. We're doing discussion time again this week. But uh Instead of actually having like the discussion topic, it also kind of ties into news because Netflix dropped their next on Netflix uh, earlier this week, where they basically dropped um, 
a couple of minutes of footage of uh, the upcoming slate of the year. Uh, not full-on trailers, but sometimes just like a short look that's like, hey, here's a celebrity that you know in something vaguely announced and there's definitely also a plot in this film and you can put it on into background and it will make big numbers big numbers big numbers get bigger and you subscribe yes so that's what happened over on netflix and luckily i want to talk about uh where do you see um netflix heading 2024 with them also uh a couple of times making the announcement the announcements that <laughs> i saw one quote that was like uh members uh love movies uh so that's why we're not putting them into theaters uh <laughs> so some nonsensical statements that had nothing to do with theatrical ex exhibition but basically they're not they're not gonna do like theatrical runs for for these bigger films they're gonna be streaming exclusives and i mean i think we talked it feels like it's just like a loop we keep talking about this um because it seems to be the same issue that they're not really fixing. Um, but uh, yeah, what do you see looking at the slate? There's, there's, there's a ton of stuff that is coming out over the year. Uh, yeah. A lot of stuff that doesn't have a release date yet. What do you think? Anything that excites you? Anything that maybe makes you worrisome for the future of Netflix? Uh, yeah, what do you think? So I guess there's a few things on here that sound wicked. I guess the first one, uh, Hitman. You've, talk, man, you've given yes. me so much hype about that. I'm super keen to see that. Uh, yeah. Acquisition, though, not game, a production. Two. Yeah, not a production. Yeah. Rebel Moon 2, I can't wait to finish that. Not because it was good, but because <laughs> I just want to get it over and done with. Um, yeah. 6 Triple Eight. is that a sequel to to that other Netflix movie, Triple Eight? Uh, it's directed by Tyler Perry, so I don't think it is. I think you're thinking of maybe not. I think I know what you're talking about. Was that the one where it's like Miles Teller on a on a mission over a mountain? Was that what you're thinking about? Oh no, are we talking about two completely different things now? I might be thinking of a so, completely different movie. Store for time. Store for time. Six triple eight is uh, apparently uh, on IMDb. It says uh, eight hundred fifty five women joined the war to fix the three year old backlog of undelivered mail. Faced with discrimination and a country dev devastated by war, they managed to sort more than 17 million pieces uh, of mail ahead of time. Yep, so I'm thinking Triple Frontier, which is the Ben yeah. Affleck and Oscar Isaac uh, action movie. So That's also the one that I was thinking about, but I thought that Oscar Isaac was Miles Teller. <laughs> yep, great. So we both uh, had some boo-boos in this, in this little... little <laughs> divergent uh and is the axel f one about the the artist axel f please tell me it is no 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 that's the beverly hills thing i just didn't write beverly hills i just wrote axel f. oh it's not about the electronic uh german <laughs> no. musician or whatever it was oh i thought <laughs> no. we're getting a crazy frog movie no <laughs> that would have been funny uh no but we are getting a woody woodpecker movie um for some reason um, wow incredible stuff Look, look, there's a bunch of stuff that has, like, weird titles that, uh, like, for example, there's a, there's a movie with uh, Mark Wahlberg and Halle Berry called The Union. I, I, I couldn't tell you what the fuck it was about. I, I, I could look it up. But then I also have a bit of a rant uh, about Netflix. 15 different reasons 
for it, but just in, on an organizational standpoint, I really hate how they don't really have a centralized place where they show the upcoming releases or where you would have an overview or where, where they would have a description for all of these titles. There's, there's no place. They basically drop this trailer and on, on YouTube they drop it and there's, there's nothing in the description other than the like default thing that they have with every upload. And I feel like you could do a bit more to, to advertise it. It feels just like, hey, we're just putting this out on the platform and because we are serving it up as like the most popular release of the week, we're going to put it at the top of everyone who's logging in. That's a, enough of a thing for people to go see it because it's just slop that's out this week and that's what we're going to watch. And I found I, I find that really depressing that you, that you can't really have a... It, it's so the antithesis of what promotion is like for a movie where you would get excited you would bet uh, you would buy um you would build hype or something the antithesis of what what it's like to uh you know be excited about dune at the moment where like do you get these little snippets then there's interviews here you have a lot of star power but that's just kind of the, the baseline for these films but they don't have anything beyond having those stars in the movie uh, they're often just like not used at all. And I mean, there's, there's also a movie called um, Back in Action with uh, Cameron Diaz and Jamie Foxx. Apparently she was uh, has retired and is coming back for this Netflix film. It's another one called The Family Affair with Nicole Kidman, uh, Zach Afron, Joey King. There's a lot of stuff that, that is releasing, but I don't know. I, I feel like I'm, I'm not a fan of, of how they promote stuff and how they use uh, big stars uh, basically just as a familiarity for people to just click on, on something other than getting us actually excited about like the story that they're telling. But yeah, that, that's my that's my rant done. Lekan, what do you think? Are, are you going to stay subscribed to Netflix or is it like getting to a place where you think, no, this is not, not worth it anymore? Um, no, I think Netflix cycles through their stuff pretty well. And I think that they've actually got a decent catalogue of some classics that I, I, I would like to rewatch or catch up on that I haven't seen. So I, I have got a list, though. Uh, I have recently done some really grown-up stuff of listing all of the subscription services that I pay for. And I have listed them oh. in the order that I'll get rid of them. So yeah. Netflix is on the higher end. So they actually are one of the more cost effective ones they're actually one of the the, the, the cheaper ones i guess compared to the other services Maybe. but yeah a couple yeah. of the other streaming services i pay for are a little bit more expensive uh number one though youtube premium haven't not getting rid of that that is just like one of the best subscription services i pay for i i i had it for i didn't have it for like two weeks because it was like no that's fine and then i was out with my phone or i was like on my tablet and i was like i cannot bear this shit and then also while i was yep. sick uh not not this week but like a couple of weeks ago because turns out I've, I've have been sick the entirety of 2024 basically but i just never dealt with it so now it's uh, anyways i don't need to get into that you don't need a health update on my end um but i was on the couch trying to watch some stuff and on the tv youtube is unbearable Man, they they, mm -hmm. they bombard you with ads, uh. So I also had to get it, uh. And yeah, uh, it's it, it's it's worth it. I mean, for us that means if we were to monetize our stuff, 
um <laughs> that just means hey at least there's uh it's it's healthy it's not like it there's this twitter and there's no oh, x and it's not advertises anymore at, at least that's like a healthy model still for youtube but um but yeah youtube premium is is a must <laughs> i agree uh for me i think netflix you can't really get rid of at this stage because they still are i feel like they, they are at the by far the most successful streaming service and they're the only one where like you have a, a show that for years is maybe on another streaming service like uh, young sheldon i don't know what the fuck streaming service it was on some of them definitely not netflix but since it has been on Netflix, it has had uh, such a huge increase in viewership. Uh, it's actually like so crazy. Um, so yeah, you can't understate the the importance of, of the. You know, do you want to guess Netflix what the first cultural? streaming service I want to get rid of is Disney or would Plus. be? Yep. It's. I mean, for me, I've locked it in because I have a yearly subscription to that one um yeah and i've already a half a year ago i warned because there's, there's like eight people on on my plan i warned that i would be re getting rid of it because it's just uh they're not logging in one day and like what the fuck this is not active anymore because because i'm not paying disney for if you're for a big tv service. show viewer then disney plus is actually really good They've got a ton of series on there, um, especially in Australia. Yeah. They've got Star, which is yeah, it's the international one. They don't have service. Yeah, we, don't, we have that as well. But it's like the only thing I'm watching on Disney Plus right now is uh, the Bear. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Once and I finish the Bear, I have no address. reason to keep it. I ha I don't have any excitement to watch Loki. I just finished watching uh, Percy Jackson and the Olympians. That was trash. Uh, so I don't know why I paid for that, but I I really have no reason I, to. I don't think it was that bad. Disney Plus. Uh, I thought, I, it, was I thought bad. it was all right. Okay, it, I yeah, just it didn't have bad. the standard. You're for, you're sick. For, don't worry, you're sick. <laughs> I, I, well, I saw it before I was uh, okay. I, never mind. I'll just go with that. I just I just didn't want to hate it outright because I was like maybe this is just not for me. Um, and I was like it, it's fine. It could be so much worse. Uh, but hey, the standard is really low. Uh, which I, I guess brings us to what we've been watching, Lachlan, because I, I actually did also watch something on Disney Plus this week. Do you want to go I first? Watched, yeah. I'm going to go get some food. I guess I'll just have uh, I'll just have you for, for, for myself. Should I wait? No, no, please. I'll, 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 I can read the transcript. It's not like he's ever listening anyways. Uh, he still has the earphones in so he can hear me. But... Yeah, I can still hear you. I, even if I walk away, I can still hear you. <laughs> you can still hear me. All right. So, um, yeah, I watched uh, Miracle. So I had a day, the first day where I realized I, I went to the doctor and I was like, hey, <laughs> you are uh, so, so sick. There's an, um, what, he, what he actually told me was uh, usually there's an inflammatory uh, like indicator in your body. And if it's at five, you have an infection or like it, there's something wrong with you. And uh, mine was at 100. Uh, so it was tw 20 times that. Uh, he told me I was the sickest person he dealt with that day. Uh, basically having the, the, the worst, like, uh, whatever, uh, my blood tests were, were horrible. All of it was like inflamed and all of it came from me not dealing with something that, that I've had a couple of weeks, just a, a, a stomach, um, bug issue like, but turns out wasn't that. And I thought it was like a heart or lung thing. Turns out it was all stemming from the one thing I didn't, couldn't deal with. Anyways, 
long story short, I was sick this week, so I ended up not really watching as much as I usually do, just because I was I was too tired to even watch it. I thought like, hey, I'll catch up on some series. I watch maybe some anime that I ne I never watch anime. I never find the time to watch that. Maybe I'll find it. No. But I did end up watching Coach Carter and Miracle in like a, a weird double feature. Um, they were certainly interesting. I think Coach Carter, uh, what was was fun. Um, but going back to back to like, hey, a tough coach makes a good team. Um, you can really see how formulaic these these sports stories can be, but still kind of touch you and have a lot of heart. Me being a huge hockey fan made me appreciate like Miracle quite a bit. Uh, obviously not like. It's not the NHL level. It's like the story of the, the the miracle when um the Soviets had like a twelve or sixteen year old year long run of w winning every world championship at the uh, the Olympics, uh and uh, the the US got it that year. Uh, inspirational story. It was fun, and that one was streaming on um Disney Plus. So Disney Plus is definitely the best hockey service when it comes to narrative. Argyle, I saw this a while ago at a press screening, and I thought it was pain all the way through. Uh, it had like a ton of really horrible looking CGI that uh, I think Matthew Wan is at times a good director, but seeing this, I was like, I kind of never want to see a film he does ever again because it annoyed me so much. I, I thought it was horrible. But that's that. I'm also not the biggest fan. Of, uh, actually, that's another statement. I, I don't like Bryce Dallas Howard, and she's the lead in this, and I feel like she's very one-note with her acting. Uh, definitely a case of uh, a Nepo baby making it big in Hollywood, and I just don't see any of it. I think the only redeeming part about Argyle is Sam Rockwell. Uh, he's fairly entertaining, even though he's also has a terrible script to work with. But... um. That's that. Uh, speaking of actually a better script, Orient and the Dark, a Netflix film that I can champion. Um, I think the first half is definitely worse than the second half. Uh, I think it, it is kind of generic in parts where you have visualizations of, of a thing in the Pixar-like Inside Out thing. You know, you have that for darkness. You have, like, an impersonation of, 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 of dreams and... Um, uh, there's usually there's there's even a character that's called something with uh nonsensical noises or something like that i don't know and it's just like a character that makes during the night scares people by making weird noises and it's it's like adapted from a uh children's book uh i think and charlie kaufman who uh <laughs> some people might know from you know some devastating works that are usually really looking inward and are depressing as fuck uh, he he makes a a, a kids uh, or writes a kids film here that uh, I found surprisingly touching. Um, again, second half way stronger than than the first one. I wouldn't watch it for the animation alone, but the story itself I think was was quite well done. Um, that's on, on Netflix and uh, the best looking uh, streaming service. Um, Apple TV Plus also has uh, Masters of the Air out uh now Lachlan this isn't the show where I've seen the whole thing I'm actually watching it week to week with all the other soldiers uh <laughs> and I gotta say I watched the first three episodes and it's stunning um I've never seen Band of Brothers Lachlan have you seen Band of Brothers makes me want to see Band of Brothers in between 
waiting for a new episode of of masters of the air it shot well the story is great we got some fun characters and i mean killing some nazis has always been fun i think it's like the the least complicated way to do war is just basically showing the allied forces going up against germany and then you are not really reliant on having always the this showing like the devastating parts of war there's still a part of it obviously but you get to focus more on the killing without the morality of it all because like these are bad people and it, it makes for a fun watch uh and uh, yeah masters of the air big old recommendation on my end and then i watched fargo season five and uh yeah so much fun john ham as the bad guy uh juno temple uh in the lead here um i haven't seen all of the other seasons it's an anthology show so you don't need to see all of previous seasons and it kind of reminds me in a lot of ways of true detective uh not in story wise but yeah just in its approach i feel like it ended up being better than true detective in what it was going for so if i had to rank them i'd say Fargo is a bit better than, than the latest True Detective season, which brings me to you, Lachlan. Uh, you caught the third episode of, of the show, so what did you make of it? What, what are you thinking? I did, and it's pretty much the exact same as the last two, and that got me kind of annoyed, because I'm looking for yeah, looking for more, looking yeah, for more, I, and I, I know you, you said it last week, you were like, oh, dude, I, and, I, and literally, after the podcast recording, I went and watched it. I pretty much do the, the same thing tonight. I guess, because it comes out tonight. Yes. And oh, yeah. we'll see how I go. But yeah, unfortunately, much in the same. So yeah, I'm going to pray that you've forgotten what happens in the rest of the season and you're wrong about the rest of the season being the same. But yeah. if uh, Fargo season five is solid, then at least I can fall back on, on that old chestnut. So hell yeah. yeah. Uh in terms of uh, other stuff, uh, I, as I said earlier, uh, I watched, uh, sorry, I played Alan Wake 2, sort of replaying it again. Uh, I also have been playing Power World. Yes. <laughs> I know it's big, okay. big thing at the How moment. How many hours? How many uh, hours? Uh, not that many. Not that many. Okay. Uh, I have Because I know some people got... who, who got like 40 hours in it already. <laughs> like... I've got 12 hours in it. Oh, okay. 12 hours. Yeah. yeah it's so nothing uh... crazy uh and greece uh just been grinding out some of those games uh but mm. i have also seen mean girls uh tanika's yeah. choice we <laughs> went and saw mean girls mm -hmm. and i watched el uh el con conde cond Cone? el conde yeah, yeah no, con. i think it's el conde el, el conde uh yeah. el conde uh i'm a sucker for vampires i love vampires <laughs> and what it Pardon is pun. so i had to watch yeah. it uh, it's also nominated for Best Cinematography, I believe, as well, mm. um, yeah. at the Oscars. So I'm going through that uh, f set of films that I haven't seen yet that are nominated for an Oscar this year. That was one of them. And stunning. Beautiful. Mm. Uh, cinematography is really, really good. Uh, and I think the story is great for 50% of the film. Then the yeah. last half of the film just goes down the absolute shit hole uh yeah. and ruins everything that the film was setting up going for etc etc a waste of time honestly but i see why it's nominated for best cinematography it it was a really pretty film so it is in black and I'll white give it that. so 
Uh, I think he's always been like super strong with with camera work, uh, even when it comes to just uh, simple character stuff. But yeah, here he gets to do a bit more stylized vampire, uh, <laughs> vampire stuff, and it is entertaining. But it didn't have me the whole whole way through as well. So, so yeah, gonna be an interesting one for for some people to check out, if only for that cinematography nomination. But yeah, that's that's all the stuff that we watched this week. Uh, we should have a, uh, because I also watch Mean Girls, a, a short review for, for that up on the channel soonish. Um, so if you're interested, we'll, we'll talk a bit more about that. But let's get to All of Us Strangers from Andrew Hay. One night, screenwriter Adam, in his near-empty tower block in contemporary London, has a chance encounter with his mysterious neighbour, Harry that punctures the rhythm of his everyday life. As Adam and Harry get closer, Adam is pulled back to his childhood home where he discovers that his long-dead parents are both living and look the same age as the day they died over 30 years ago. Intriguing. What could that mean? Are they actually alive? Are they not? Because it's... Uh, we are all of us strangers, baby. Uh, yeah, that's All of Us Strangers. Uh, it's coming out in some places internationally, I think this week, the coming week, and hopefully uh, soon on, on VOD as well, if, if it hasn't already. Actually, not entirely sure. But uh, hey, you should be able to finally see this one. I know there was a lot of hype around it uh, towards the end of the year uh, at some festivals that it played at, and then it ended up not getting um, a, I would say in some places really deserving uh, deserved oscar nomination especially for andrew scott we didn't end up getting any of that but uh it comes in at a runtime of 106 minutes uh and it's been universally loved all over the place uh, especially by the critics on metacritic it's at a uh high 90 on uh letterbox also at a 4 and then on IMDb at an 8 which uh, it is telling that if it reaches an 8 on IMDb that's uh, yeah, not a ton of films can do that. Uh, and yeah, it was distributed by Searchlight and it's a, it's a UK and US co-production um, from our writer-director Andrew uh, Hay, who I wasn't familiar with. I haven't seen any of his other films. He, he's done a bunch of stuff, but it all seems like pretty like small scale uh, and uh, similar to uh, the character in the film. Um, he's also a writer, uh, so you can see a lot of like, I don't know if autobiographical would be a stretch to go, like if, if it's that close to his, to his own, um, life, but I haven't also listened to a ton of interviews. Uh, I, I've, I know that there was, uh, some stuff about like shooting locations that the house that his parents are in is, is actually the house where he, where he grew up. Um, that's where they shot, uh stuff like that, that that makes it really intriguing and personal and makes the story uh that much more devastating when you see it unfold so Lachlan, what, what did you make of it uh I, I assume you didn't really know like e even i kind of knowing like the type of film i can expect because it's paul mescal in the film so i i better get the tissues ready because i'm about to cry uh, likely uh, were you ready for, for what this movie had in store? Definitely not, just because I paid no attention to plot summaries or trailers before this film came out, so I tried to stay as far away from what this film 
had going or advertising for it before I went and watched it. Yeah. And I'm glad I did because it went in a direction I was not expecting and it went in a direction that I was overall quite shocked by and then absolutely loved. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the film blew me away. Really did. Yeah, yeah. It's it's sometimes it it, it does leave you a bit perplexed uh in a way where it had me like it, it was a film where i was like noticing myself taking quite a few notes uh because i was just kind of wanted to get the the emotional essence of it out of it and i wrote down stuff like when when moments were, were really strong to me and i feel like it had a ton of that uh especially coming from uh andrew scott and the way he he portrays this character because we we have a a central guy who's a bit harder to to figure out maybe not what he struggles with i think pretty much early on you you notice that he's struggling with the loss of his, of his parents even though that was 30 years ago it seems like he's something he's not really worked through and then he's also working through his own identity and the kind of tension that is still remaining because it never got relieved because he didn't get to have that honesty with his parents so it feels like this whole movie is like a declaration to in his own head discuss things with his parents that he never got to and that alone holds like so much emotional power that is not it goes beyond the character in the story but something that i feel like pretty much universally everyone in in some sort of way can relate to uh, the unspoken, uh, if it's with your parents, with a partner, whatever. Uh, and I think it, it captures that through Andrew Scott so incredibly well that uh, I was I was really blown away by the performances and uh, some of the individual moments uh, in this film. It was, it was really powerful. I'd love to talk about how this film, at its surface, and at least through its, at least one of the trailers that I saw, advertise itself as, and, and it truly is, uh, a film about exploring uh, being a gay man in the UK and mm-hmm. how that can be an uncomfortable experience coming out to family, friends, the world, and how sometimes not having that closure or that that ability to tell the most important people in your life, you know, your mother and father in this situation, something that's super important about your life that you wish you could tell them could leave someone so isolated. And yeah. it was interesting to explore those ideas through through um, Andrew Scott. But, but more mm. importantly, going further through that, uh, it's, it doesn't just stop there. It, it goes past that and explores a ghost story and, and yeah. loss. And, and it's so interesting. It could have just been left as... Uh, they didn't have to involve his family at all. It could have just been him and Paul Mescal, but because it goes deeper into that uh, ghost story idea, I guess there's that's what brings the film home in the end and gives it such a a shock or sad factor. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've, to the audience, I think we that, haven't. I, yeah, I think we haven't given a proper spoiler warning at the preface of this review so from here on out i think we can uh talk full-on stuff if there's there's anything we want to bring up 
Um, I, I'd say go check it out if, if you want to tune out right now and go see the film. Um, definitely worth it, but uh, just be ready for it emotionally. I think I think it can kind of devastate you if, you if you're not ready for it. And especially for people who've also maybe experienced loss in, in a way, it, it really hammers that home um in a, a it's not really holding back in any sort of way um but yeah just be just be prepared for that but but yes ghost story right it it kind of comes full circle with with that <laughs> yeah and that is the moment that hits super hard because you hit yeah. a moment of closure as well similar to yeah. oh uh, yeah yeah adam's character adam uh you you get this moment of closure it's like cool He's come mm. to that conclusion. He, he he has had both of his parents tell him, "Hey, we love you. We love everything about you. We're proud of you." That's that's an incredible, powerful word to be told by by your parents. Yeah. Uh, for them to then just rip the rug under the under your feet and then break your heart again with uh, dreamy boy Paul Mascal, uh, and have him. Yeah, not be there as well. And then it kind of yeah. brings the whole world together and, and tells you that uh, this character is, I guess, destined to be alone forever. He, he's never really yeah. going to get out of this cycle of death, unfortunately, which is, is, is real, real depressing and real sad. I, I thought, yeah, it's, 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 it's it, this movie, to me, that final blow to see Paul Mescal's character. Uh, also dead after that interaction i was like well they're closing the film right now because it's framed in a way where it's about harry's ghost accepting the situation and adam kind of being okay in the interstate that he's in but i feel like this is also gonna fuck him up for way longer because he had that more directly something to do with the death than definitely not his fault but there there was a a, a sort of like maybe pro I don't know. He could could have prolonged it. He, he, like if the, the that first interaction had been different, then it, it it would have turned out different. And that that's not to give blame to a character, but that's gonna fuck with his head. And I don't think that's like I, it's kind of cruel the way that it doesn't let this character have a resolution to such a big problem because it feels like it's going in that direction, and then it ultimately uh, it ultimately goes to a point where. No, life is always going to fuck you up no matter what. And you, you might be on the verge of, of solving something. It, it doesn't really go into glorifying the downward spiral for him. And it ends with him just like completely devastated or whatever. It feels like that character is at, a, a, at that point, Adam ha has reached kind of a, a closure in a way where he's accepting of the position that he's in with these ghosts. And in one way or the other for that character, that's not like a, a really sad ending. It obviously is a sad ending, but it could have been way worse. Um, and I appreciated that. It, it feels multifaceted in that way. Like there's, there's always tragedy. It doesn't mean that, that life is tragic. Uh, although in, in this case, it pretty much is. It's hard to argue against that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I would love to find a silver lining in this, but it is really depressing it's just really dark um but but yeah it's hey it's, it's i think but then those eyes you know you got andrew uh andrew scott's eyes and you're like hey all is fine in the world <laughs> i don't know the other thing i think that should be praised is the simplicity of it all uh oh the, yeah the film oh, yeah. is 
the film isn't complicated. The film isn't no. hard to follow. The film isn't bothered with so many other things that can distract a narrative. The film is a perfect example to give somebody, hey, if you want to connect, there is nothing that connects another human with another human more than loss, more than isolation. Yeah. We are we are groups of people. We want to be grouped together uh, and be a part of something. When we see someone alone, we can't help but try to you know, want them to be part of something. That's yeah. our nature. But our nature is also to, to want to know more. And it keeps you engaged with this film, with that sort of nature that we have. But it, it's incredible to see how simple this film is and how successful it is at being a film without having anything to, you know, cinematography is beautiful, but it's not stand out over the top. They don't do anything complex, you know. The music is simple, yeah. but they don't do any crazy, audible stuff. It is really performance, character, and narrative, and that and that's something that's really awesome with this film. Yeah, it, it doesn't feel the need to because it's all in sort of sort of just dreamscape world. You realize that um, that Adam's character is actually for all of it. I, I guess at home, right? He's he's not really going mm. anywhere. Uh, and uh, uh, another film maybe would have taken it in, in a, into a more literal approach with the ghost stuff where, I don't know, at the club, he, he's not actually with, with Paul Maskell's character. Uh, he, he'd be uh, with Harry, uh, but he would, like, I don't know, we'd have, like, a fight club montage moment where we showed, I don't know, he was actually alone the whole time. No, that's, that's not... What, what the story is it's it's ultimately like really about this isolation that this character feels from the the rejection that he never even got to experience from his parents and working through that because it's what he what he expects of them and then it's ultimately working that through your head of the expectation that you had of, of your parents and how they would receive you and arriving at a place where you could tell yourself through them like you, you could argue if there's actually ghosts in there of it's all pretend in his head i feel like for the movie's sake did they do exist i guess or what, what do you think here like are they actually like entities that are there or is it all made up in his like pretty partly schizophrenic mind ewan what you've written screenplays before right yes how do you write your screenplays do you no like, like how you write them pencil. i know how you fucking write them yeah 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 yeah, yeah. but like and how do you do you do you like act out scenes in in the space do you do you talk out loud how do you write a screenplay uh it's yeah no i i guess it is in my mind usually and you know, almost of the time mm. yeah you do it in your mind but you don't yes. really do anything physical you kind of just sit there no well maybe jumping jacks at one point but then yeah not writing i have to stand yeah. up i have to move around really? i have to put myself in a space i have to i have to say it out loud I'm in yeah. the shower, like, dude, people hate me. I, I use too much water because I'm just like in the shower. I'm like in a scene, physically moving around, trying to figure out how I would want the scene to work. Um, yeah, yeah. And I can always do like the tears and the rain to like uh, really get myself into a scene as well. If I'm in the shower, uh -huh. you know, I can have the rain yeah, over yeah. me. I can do the monologue. Uh, but whether it, it the, they were really there, they really weren't there. It, it's interesting because he's a screenwriter. And I found that mm -hmm. cool because I was like, they could be there. They totally could. 
But they could also be so real to him because he's a screenwriter that those are the characters that he's currently writing and working on. So yeah. when you are writing a character, that character is so real in your head because you give him all the characteristics and tendencies. And he does that with his parents because he knew his parents. But to do that with uh, Harry, someone that he's never met before, a complete stranger, and has given them all of these little tendencies that he, for a person that he's never met in real life, to me, it's him in his mind doing it. They weren't really there as a screenwriter. He's really creating these yeah. characters in his mind and bringing them to life. So they weren't really there, D but that's because yeah. he's a screenwriter. If he wasn't a screenwriter and he was anything else other than a, like a creative writer, they were there. Yeah, I, I agree. Because there's like early on um, from the first time they, they have sex to like Harry is always just kind of there as support. And you never really learn much about him anymore because it, it doesn't exist. He, he's he's uh, uh, someone who's made up, right, as a person. Um, no, I, I find that interesting as a, as a concept because then it's more about, like, ultimately him working through the issues with uh, his parents that he had in his own mind and telling himself that he's, that he's proud of himself through the mouths of, 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 his, of his parents. And I think that's also like some something that uh yeah is is really touching if it doesn't really matter where it's coming from um it's just it's just a really well made film that is uh super engaging and super emotional. My cup of tea I don't know to to me the hairy part at the end was just like kind of a, a double down yet another thing on top of it. I didn't think the story really needed to go there. I feel like the the parents gave me more than enough uh of of a like a, a story an emotional one and a narrative uh like plot wise uh but yeah that's i guess how how it ended with a sad note what what about how it ended because my favorite part about this film is how it made me go none of this is fucking important because it pans out into them being stars and how we are so mm. insignificant little people that none of this is actually important yeah uh at least that's my at the end i yeah. was just Staring at the black screen, and I love it because I could literally see myself in the reflection looking at it going, oh my <laughs> god, what did I just watch? What is wrong with me? My life is so insignificant and I care about these little tiny things that I really shouldn't care about. Because now I'm staring at them going from this beautiful coupled up snuggle bug into stars. And I was like, "Yeah, is the film really going to make me, is the film really going to rug pull me? And then make me have an existential crisis about life. No, yeah, that's... And that's that when I fell right. in love with the movie. Yeah, I mean, you, you love the type of stuff that when the, the movie's done and the credits roll and it's done and uh, you start walking around, you go in, onto your screenplay showers, you still are thinking about it, you know? And I think it's, it's one of those films that, that, that uh, do, does stay with you for a bit. I mean, you've just watched it. Uh, I've seen it like a week ago and uh, it still has kind of stayed with me the, the imagery I think the, the, the one moment in the restaurant where uh, they they tell him that they're proud of him um, it's uh, like that is, uh, is a heavy scene from from everyone involved just uh, I I still feel like everyone in this is great we haven't really uh, said, said the other names of, of, of who else is in this apart from uh, Scott and Mesco but uh, Jamie Bell as the dad, it doesn't get much to do, but he, he's pretty solid. But uh, 
Claire Foy uh, is also like really good as as the mom. I feel like Andrew Scott just kind of uh, steals the show. Um, he he's so great, and I hope for him that he has a similar similar moments of of getting to to have like a big lead performance, uh, like uh, Killian Murphy, because um, I feel like he's another one of these actors who hasn't really had that moment yet. But they definitely uh, are someone who 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 could carry a film on their shoulders. Uh, but but he, he also works in in these smaller films, of course. But yeah, I'm keen. But uh, yeah, luckily, anything else you want to talk about or want to share your rating? Uh, I would love to share my rating with you and everybody else because yeah, this film. It's a good one. This film, much like many others, uh, I feel like on a rewatch. I would be happy to give this five stars, but wow. I'm not somebody who likes to just hand out five star ratings anymore. I like no, to five save stars those on the first for, watch. for for films that really fucking deserve it, that like just blow me away and just just everything about it. And as I said, this film is quite simple. It doesn't give me much, but that's okay. I think that everything it does is quite solid. I agree with you. Mm. Every performer does an incredible job. Andrew Scott. I I do agree that it is a bit of a unfortunate situation that he is not nominated for <laughs> anything, yeah. but yeah. not yet. Hasn't this only just come out as in in theaters? So it technically can't be nominated for an uh, Oscar yet. So no, it, it did missed have out on the, the Oscar run. It it had an Oscar qualifying run and it oh, came okay. out. It did have an Oscar qualifying end of run. the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could have. It could have been. It definitely could have been. I mean, similar to the Iron Claw, which would have been one of the other options that we had to talk about this week. Maybe we'll end up talking about the Iron Claw, but that's another sad one. I don't know if you want to do sad back-to-back. We'll we'll see. But uh, there's also, like, Zach Gaffron. I think not on the same level as Andrew Scott, but he's also really good as the lead in that film. Um, And I I don't know who else is in... Jeffrey Wright was really good. I I wouldn't want to kick him out, but uh, (laughs) I feel like Andrew Scott... And Zac Efron were both better in their respective roles. I forget who else is in there that you might be able. Coleman Domingo. See now so I'm just kicking my out question, all the black guys. So he, so it. literally, my question was that was about to go to you was like, you you've have you seen American Fiction and Rustin? Yeah. So I haven't seen either of them yet, right? So you yep. would kick out those two over Killian, Paul, and Bradley. Uh, I'd. Uh, you know what? Maestro was great. I kick out Bradley as well over Andrew Scott. I think Andrew Scott is better than m- most of them. I think Killian is on the same level as Andrew here. And then uh, Paul Giamatti. I, I'd have and- Andrew Scott as my, as my number two, uh, actually. Mm. I think he's like he, he's that good in this film. I think he's really, really solid. Mm. Uh, so, so not just Sarah Jeffrey writing Coleman Domingo. Uh, <laughs> I think... Coleman gives a great performance in as as, as Rustin, but I, I it's just biopic stuff. So I was like, eh, I don't know. He's been better, and he's I'd going pick, to be better. And Jeffrey Wright is I'd really good. I pick Andrew over American Paul Giamatti. I think that uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it's a better performance. The real question yeah. is, it better than Killian Murphy in Oppenheimer? Uh to to me, they're kind of similar in a way. <laughs> uh, so it's it's like hard to pick between the two um okay as far yeah. apart as they are but you know but i don't know they're kind of on the same level 
But hey, it, it is there's a reason why we talk about this as like obviously we're talking about it in the way that Andrew Scott gave one of if not the best performance of last year uh really really good and i mean last year i was so happy when paul mesco got nominated for after sun because i just didn't see that happening and i guess we we don't get the repeat where uh mm. yeah one of one of the sad boy films uh <laughs> gets a nomination at the oscars hey it's fine so i mean did you out see of all of that Sterling uh, uh, yeah sorry four and a half no, stars <laughs> four and a half wow yeah that's that's uh i mean Looking at the last couple of weeks of what we discussed, and your ratings were usually a bit lower than that. So to have a four and a half star for you is actually like uh, great. And I'll just second it. Uh, I also am at a four and a half. Uh, I'm also at a four out of five. No, I'm also at a four and a half out of five. My God. <clears throat> but yeah, I'm also at a four and a half out of five for this one. Uh, yeah, really solid film. Uh, again, like I said, you need to be in the right uh mind for it though um maybe for, for for you that's it's a big thing as well right but maybe taking you by surprise and you having the time for it yeah makes you makes you appreciate it but it, i don't know maybe you don't connect with it when you're not ready for something as emotionally heavy as this but uh hey if you were to pair it up with another film what would you uh what would you go with lachlan this film was so unique that i just couldn't so i um hmm. I have to triple feature it. You have to watch both of these two movies at the same time uh, okay. after watching All of Us Strangers. Um, mm -hmm. So you have to watch... Um, wait, who, who directed it? Oh, no. I had it on top of my head. Uh, uh, I'm pretty sure it's uh, Dave Lowry's A Ghost Story. <laughs> mm -hmm. you, have to watch, you have to watch that. And then you have yeah. to watch uh, Ang Lee's Brokeback Mountain at the same time. <laughs> sure. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, I'll, I'll note that uh, if that's possible. I mean, we might need to wait for the Apple Vision Pro, you know, to have like dual screen possible. Uh, so you could actually do that combination of it all. Uh, maybe in the future we could like feed an AI two different movies uh like the whole movie file and say make me mm. one new movie out of it and that's uh yeah that would be a producer's dream uh i initially wanted to go with after sun because it's also another sad boy movie but then i was also like hey maybe i'm feeling the jokes tonight and you know all of us strangers ends with the world strangers so why don't you tie it in with alfred hitchcock's 1951 film strangers on a train um has absolutely no connection i've it's also one of the hitchcock films that i haven't seen yet uh so apart from the name it has nothing to do with it but that's the beauty of these double features we can just do what we want anyways there's a couple of new releases last week i forgot to shout out orient into dark and i've ranted about why that is earlier today with netflix not really having a proper structure up for uh when their new stuff is, is releasing so Every single week, I have to check if there's any big Netflix release. And I think this week, there's there's none. But hey, maybe something pops up and there's actually a Mark Wahlberg film. I don't know where. I don't know. I never know with Netflix. But uh, out on February 9th is uh, Lisa Frankenstein. Yeah, uh, that's one for the teenies. Uh, Lachlan, I don't know if similar to Mean Girls, you'll get dragged into this one. I wouldn't be surprised because, uh, yeah, it seems to hit for... A female demographic 
Uh, and then also in the States only, I think, uh, Disney is re-releasing the uh, last couple of Pixar films that never got a theatrical release. They already did Soul, uh, and now they're up to Turning Red, and I think next month they are doing Luca. In Switzerland, there's a couple of uh, releases out, naming Leo, most importantly, All of Us Strangers, comes out this week. It's not out in theaters yet, so perfect timing for us here as well as The Color Purple, uh, but you can also, I think, catch that on VOD in places. Uh, Dream Scenario is out uh, this week. It's also out on VOD already. And uh, Night Swim, for some reason, they were like, hold up, this January horror film is not allowed to be released in Switzerland in January, so we gotta wait until February. So here it is. It's also pretty shit, so I, 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 I don't know. I'd wait until it drops on some streaming service. And then the Breaking Ice... Uh, Really smaller film uh, that I can recommend. Really solid one. Uh, look it up if you're interested. Uh, but yeah, that's it for this week. We don't really have a topic for next week yet because it's, again, the release schedule is kind of weird. We'll see. Maybe we'll talk about the Iron Claw. Uh, maybe something else we'll see. You can also leave us uh, recommendations in the comments below if there's something that we missed. But uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, hopefully back to full strength. Um, <laughs> I'm regressing further down into my seat because I'm. I know this is this 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 is this is this was kind of draining for me. I need to go back to bed. But we'll see you same time next week. All right. Thanks for watching, and uh, well, yeah, we'll see you then.